0: The Lloyd's List Shipping Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Lloyd's List Podcast. I'm Richard Mead, Editor of Lloyd's List. I'm handing over the reins of the podcast this week to our senior Asia reporter, Indepreet Walia, who is talking this week to BW about why LPG is such an overlooked part of the shipping industry's decarbonisation plan that really deserves a little bit more attention. But before I hand you over to Interpreet, I just wanted to flag a few forthcoming agenda items that I think, as listeners of the podcast, you are going to be interested in. The first is our decarbonisation survey, which Lloyd's List is running in conjunction with Loy's Register. To borrow a favourite phrase from the former Secretary of Defence, Donald Rumsfeld, shipping zero carbon project is still riddled with too many known unknowns and this new regular survey aims to chart shifting industry sentiment towards alternative fuels, financing and investment. Details are in the podcast description and available on lawyerslist.com. and I would encourage everybody to take just five minutes to help us deliver some clarity on what I would characterise as the most important issue in our industry right now. The initial results of the survey will be presented and discussed at the Loy's List Outlook Forum on December 1st which leads me neatly into my second plug. You can register for free to attend, and it's genuinely the best event I attend all year, so I would heartily recommend everybody listening to tune in. I've managed to secure a bumper panel for you this year. Graham Henderson from Shell, Nick Brown from Lloyd's Register, Michael Parker from City, Johanna Christensen, who heads up the Global Maritime Forum, Mark O'Neill from Columbia Ship Management, Angelica Kameny, co founder and CEO of Optima X, and Roger Holm from Vartzilla Marine. Well, that's the end of the plugs for this week. So let me introduce you to Indapreet, who's joined this week by BW's Executive Vice President for Technology and Operations, Pontus Berg. It's a really interesting discussion. So for now, over to you, Indapreet.
2: Welcome to the podcast, Pontus.
1: Thank you very
0: much, Indapreet. Pleasure to be here.
2: So, um, let's start with the basic pointers. Uh, What do you think are the merits and prospects of using LPG as a marine fuel as compared to others, specifically to LNG, which is deemed to be the closest uh, rival of LPG and has a greater acceptance in the maritime industry at the moment?
0: Of course, it's a very interesting question. And and, and, I mean, obviously, looking at it from, from our point of view, being an LPG carrier, we, we would, uh, we would find LPG being the better one. That being said, both LNG and LPG are essential fuels. And I believe that both of them will, will, uh, will have their place in the future, both as actual fuel, but also as transition fuels into, into other, into other more, uh, uh zero carbon neutral fuels. But looking at it from, from, from our point of view, I would say being an LPG operator and owner, LPG is uh, is is becoming, as I said before, a no-brainer because we handle the product in a, in a day-to-day basis. We we uh, we load it in load ports, which would make us save a lot of time on on uh, on bunkering, for example. And our crews are educated to handle it. So so for us, it becomes a win-win. In the same way as LNG becomes a win-win for LNG operators, where they actually have it as a cargo, and instead of liquefying. The gas, they use it as fuel in their engines. So that's the simple, simple question. Looking at the other alternatives, it's, it's a little bit uh, difficult to talk about it without uh, having a flavor towards the LPG as, as this has been my pro- project for, for quite some, some years now. But I actually believe that the LPG is the transition fuel for the future here because it's difficult to find any, any real big downsides. I mean, we would always, I wish to see, should we say, cheaper uh, capex investments. But then again, compared to LNG, that is actually cheap. So, uh, so that's, that's where we stand right now.
2: So is it correct to say that uh, LPG can be used as a marine fuel only in LPG carriers or can be used in all vessel types and sizes or uh, how, how does it work?
0: Uh, again uh, starting comparing lng with lpg uh, well, th- that would be the starting point for the for the answer i would say because lng and lpg both have uh, have about the same environmental benefits they uh, have about the same liquid density which means it is about the same uh, volume needed for storage and just by comparing those two i would say that in any ship where you consider lng you should consider lpg as well because the benefits on the lpg side comes to that it's easier to handle it's minus 42 compared to minus 163 for lng you don't need as much high pressures you don't have any methane slip etc so the issue with uh, with lpg is that the technology hasn't really been around for that many years as you uh, mentioned initially here we have pioneered this with uh, with bw gemini who now is on her maiden voyage on lpg so the technology is available first now, while energy, LNG has been available as a shipping fuel for for decades.
2: On a commercial scale, how do you think this would uh, be? Uh, when do you think this would be introduced to the market?
0: Uh, I think that LPG as a marine fuel is coming on the market right now, as we speak. As far as I'm aware, uh, uh, all well not all. I think it's 72 or 75 percent of all VLGC new builds on order. Or with the LGIP technology and and thus dual fuel engines. So in the segment, it's already here, and and I don't think that there will be any orders going forward for uh, for conventional fuel or scrubbers. It will be LGIP that is the, that sets the standard. And when it comes to the bunkering, it's it's actually very easy, and especially when it is on uh, on uh, on the LPG carriers, because we have at least built our system in such a way that we fill our the deck fuel tanks at the same time as we are doing the loading. So we just crack open a valve and then we fill up the the deck fuel tanks. And I mean, then we handle the bill of ladings afterwards uh, to up to charterers requirements or, or uh, legislative needs. So it's really saving a lot of time and, uh, and effort. And as far as we are aware, and, and I mean, we have a very good dialogue with, uh, with the loading terminals and especially the American loading terminals who seem to be uh, very excited of having these uh, reinvented VLGCs coming to their terminals
2: okay, and what about using uh, LPG in other vessel types? Is it feasible right now?
0: absolutely as as the technology now is available, I think uh, and I think that the manufacturers both uh, would be very pleased to to receive the orders because there are as, as I mentioned, a number of VLGCs already on order being produced. Which means that the licensed uh, engine manufacturers out there are ready to do and 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 build this technology. And when it comes to the infrastructure, I'm actually not that concerned. Uh, not for the LPG at all. I mean, there is there is what is it five six hundred small size LPG carriers around in the world that uh, that you easily can do an STS operation with. The question is, what is the price you will pay if you if you uh, if you are a tanker that is on a tramp uh, route and end up somewhere down in South America, yes, LPG will be available. But what will the price be compared to compliant fuel or or diesel? I I cannot speculate on that right now. But the product will be available because LPG is so widespread. And I I don't think I've been to a port ever in the world where there isn't a LPG uh, 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 terminal just around the corner or a storage facility. So that is there. The question is then, what the price will be for STS equipment, etc.
2: That sounds promising. Uh, So, what is the capital expenditure for dual fuel LPG upgrade? And uh, is it significantly higher than that of a scrubber retrofit?
0: It is significantly higher than a scrubber retrofit, but you are also getting something completely different. Uh, we, we, we as a company have done uh, done a few uh, scrubbers, uh, not many, but we've done a few, and the cost is uh, somewhere between three and four million dollars. Comparing that to our L-G-I-P conversion, where we are actually sort of securing the ships, uh, making them future-proof when it comes to both technology and 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 giving the charterers and our own chartering a lot of more flexibility in terms of cargo carrying capacity and and what fuel they want to run on, but. The cost is eight to nine million for uh, the LGIP, three to four million for a scrubber. That should be a ballpark figures. In those figures, it's complete installation, engineering, deck tanks, insulation, everything you need. And that's, that's of course being very open, but I think the numbers are discussed in, in various forums. I don't have any issues sharing it.
2: On that point, how do you see scrubbers placed when you compare dual fuel engines? Because according to a recent study, uh, a total of 10% of the global VLGC fleet would be on dual fuel system by the end of 2022 versus 24% with scrubbers fitted. So how do you expect the scrubber market to pick up again once prices for compliant and non-compliant fuels widen again in future?
0: I do believe that the scrubbers still have a have a future, and there is a financial case on it as well. Uh, I mean, the the price delta for fuel will surely increase as soon as uh, the world uh, hopefully normalizes and people start flying and transporting and using their cars, etc. So, so there there is a future case, but I mean, it's it's not a it's not making. Well, we as a company, we we simply don't believe that scrubbers is a sustainable, future-proof alternative. And, and, and I mean, shipping need to move on to decarbonization and continue using heavy fuel oil. It's, not, it's simply not a sexy option for us. And I think that, the, well, I know that our shareholders is behind us on that one. So I don't see that the scrubbers is something that will keep on increasing, even though I'm, I'm sure they will, uh, there will be a return on those investments. And we will, see, we will see a few more scrubber installations. But I don't believe that that is the future.
2: Okay, so talking about the retrofit in your vessels, I think at present, there are 12 VLGCs committed to retrofit with the uh, LPG dual-fill propulsion engines, which are slated for completion by the end of 2021. So, and there are five more vessels in your field, which was built around 2014 to 16 period, uh, which also can be considered as a retrofitting candidate. So do you have any plans for those?
0: Um we have committed a bit over 100 million US dollars on the first 12. And, and by such a really well walk the walk or talk the talk, and, and I mean, we, we've done something to put the company in a really great position uh, for what is coming, which I'm sure is going to be a much more regulated shipping. Uh, on my own, from my private point of view, I have started this project as an idea back in 2016. And, and now realized it with having one, one of these LGIP vessels already in service and sailed for, for close to two weeks. Surely I have plans and and ideas and, and it is being discussed at the moment. But, but as I say, I, I really put my head on the block with, uh, with the performance and getting this done. And, and uh, of course, uh, uh, both my CEO and, uh, and our board of directors, they want to see the performance before we actually add to this, uh, uh, very large investment, which already sits there. But I think that, uh, but, well, we will revert soon on this. I hope. I really hope.
2: Okay, so we can expect more um, uh, dual fill uh, vessels from your side, is it?
0: I don't know if we can expect. I surely <laughs> hope, and I will work very hard for it to happen. But uh, let's uh, let's uh, let's see what, what what I managed to to convince our uh, the stakeholders of.
2: Uh-huh. and as um, as your vessel uh, set on the uh, uh, sets on the f- bo- uh, first voyage to houston using lpg uh, there there were other operators and owners uh, ordering Vessels of ninety one uh, thousand CBM and uh, and I think the size goes up to ninety three uh, thousand CBM right now. So how do you see this type of development in the size of real GCS and um, do you plan such expansions for your LPG dual fill vessels? Um,
0: yeah, well, you know what right now, I find it very difficult to understand why there is any new ships ordered at all when about half the fleet uh, could be retrofitted to LGRP the environmental cost for uh, for uh, for a new for a new build versus a retrofit is about 35 times more co2 emitted plus it adds un- unwanted tonnage and 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 it takes away the effectiveness from a, from a fleet that's already pretty young and and I, I, it's it's like shooting your foot uh, you, you shooting yourself in the foot commercially and I mean, at at one point, we will renew our fleet, but that is when we have a little bit more visibility on future regulations, future technologies, and, and what actually is the next thing to come. So yes, we will probably renew our fleet, but not today and not tomorrow. We need to know a little bit what is next and how are we going to handle things. Is it hydrogen? Is it ammonia? Is it methanol? Today, I simply don't know, and I simply don't know what the technology can do or what the Regulatory requirements will be going forward either, so um, so I I think I think the answer is yes, but not right now. And when it comes to the sizes, yes, the sizes will slowly creep continue creeping upwards as the designs keep on developing. I think that it's more the the restriction is more on existing terminals and drop drop restrictions that will set where the sizes stop growing.
2: Since you mentioned ammonia, uh, one of the contenters most like uh, I mean one of the contenders for the most likely fuel for ne- neutral and zero carbon ship propulsion is of course ammonia. So what are your thoughts about uh, using ammonia as a fuel?
0: Very interesting fuel and and I believe uh, as, as many are speaking about hydrogen and and we, we firmly believe that hydrogen is the next next shipping fuel but not as a fuel in itself, because there will need to be a carrier of hydrogen. And then my bet, our bet as a company is that that will be ammonia. And the step from, from, uh, from the technology, the LGI technology, liquid gas injection technology for propane going to ammonia is, according to MAN and, and the really smart guys who are sitting and doing the development, not that big. It, it it's actually even mentioned that it could be fairly easy. And as an LPG operator, we are also used to having ammonia as a cargo and we are used to handling it in our cargo handling systems. So we see ammonia as the natural next next zero carbon emission uh, shipping fuel, actually. And, and uh, yes, we are betting on it and we are actually both putting efforts and resources. Well, we are not investing resources, but we are committing resources into assisting and pushing this uh, technology forward because this is this is something that really has our interest and we believe that that is a very good way to move.
2: Wonderful. Uh, thank you f- uh, very much for joining Lloydless podcast today, Pontus.
0: Thank you very much, interpret My pleasure. <laughs>